0: Why does my mrr change during the day
1: <laughs> i've asked them about that and their answer is no that shouldn't
0: happen great
1: although in their defense have you successfully built a thing on the internet that never breaks
0: giant robot smashing into other giant robots Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be talking about the products that we manage at ThoughtBot. I run an app called FormKeep, which provides form backends for designers and developers.
1: And I, Chris, run Upcase, our subscription learning platform for growing web developers.
0: Hello. Hi, Ben. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm good. I am back from vacation. Yeah, that's fun. How was vacation? It was wonderful. It was exactly what I was hoping it would be, which was like disconnected time, very calm, I experienced my dream of waking up ridiculously early and making coffee and then paddling out onto the lake and watching the sun come up over the water. Oh, wow. It was awesome. That's, uh, so what time was that? Uh, I, so there were no clocks. So it was before the sun was up time. We, just, we decided the rule was every, the answer to all time questions was it's lake time. Uh, so, That's but good. but it was probably about 4.30 or 5 o'clock somewhere in there mm-hmm. and made some nice coffee and put in a thermos and then went out there and it was just like misty and blue and then gold and then it was just it was beautiful it was just what i wanted nice and i laid in hammocks and i made fires and it was great
1: those are those are good things
0: it's like the opposite of programming it's
1: like the opposite of what we do almost every day of our lives yeah which is interesting i don't know what to do with that Hmm. like kind of long form Mm -hmm. Um, i guess i mean if i do that sort of thing for too long i do miss the other side Mm -hmm. but i wonder about I don't know a, a more serious form of not using screens all the time yeah I don't think I'm I don't think it's right for me but I wonder
0: I think I need a bit of a diet mm-hmm. on that sort of thing I've been trying to get better about not like using the phone so much like morning and mm-hmm. nighttime right? Right. like it's so easy to make make that the first thing I grab and just yeah. like start like fooling around with uh, and it's that I, I just know that does bad things to me yes I've, I've noticed for myself sucks. that I take out the phone
1: and open email which I think is the worst mm. thing that I could do like hey rest of the world have you decided anything's more important than what I might have decided for myself so mm-hmm. I purposefully tried to come up with other things to mm-hmm. fill that time mm-hmm. uh, like I'm probably still gonna grab my phone because of alarms although I'm trying to think about like I wonder if they made like a device that was just an alarm mm-hmm. that I could use but haven't figured that one out I've been yet.
0: using Alexa for that Alexa. Yeah, the Amazon Echo. Cool. It's a, you know, voice activated AI thing. It's good. You kind of calls it a robot. She's like, "You have a robot." I'm like, "It's not maybe is it a robot? I don't know. I think robots have
1: like anthropomorphization going or they out. at least
0: like move. Yeah. Alexa's a speaker and a microphone and then Amazon's cloud that's always listening. I will say, yeah, the the always listening part is
1: concerning, but I I am intrigued by Alexa or that that style of natural language processing, natural language interface, and sort of ever present, which Mm -hmm. has the terrifying big brother aspects, but also the really cool just being able to very naturally and intuitively interact.
0: I dig it. I I like it a lot.
1: But back to our sta- our discussion of let's have less screens. Yeah. Uh, I'm intrigued by the not having an iPhone thing. I've seen a lot of people talking about like getting a dumb phone.
0: Hmm. So you can still make phone calls and things. Feels too far to me. GPS is like the best thing ever. Yes. I but agree. But I will also say like, so during the lake adventure, we, I didn't have a GPS and so like we would go to the grocery store or go to the gas station or whatever. And I've just sort of learned what roads were where and what was on them. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is just what you did. Like, I don't know exactly how many miles it is to the grocery store, but I know it's at the end of this road, so just drive. Yeah. And it was kind of like delightfully quaint. Delightfully quaint. It's like, I don't know yeah. where I am, and I kind of like it. There's some nice aspects there. I had uh, a recent beach
1: and then lake weekend myself that were very similar. Just no phones. Time wasn't really important, mm-hmm. which I think was uh, those two aspects I find really important. Like, there's nothing really pulling at my attention right now. I'm just here hanging out. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, totally. well, glad to hear you had a good vacation. Thanks. Welcome back. You, you charged up full of
0: energy and new ideas and... Uh, uh, medium. Medium. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, so, it's interesting. Like, I... I i didn't it it was great to do it but i didn't like really feel restorative for some Hmm. reason i I think i actually my brain really thrives on structure so like the vacation was nice because it was like a very calm time and i think that was a nice like that's one ingredient to like a happy brain for me is some of that calmness but the total lack of like we have plans or like i should go do this thing is is actually a little hard on me in a way Mm mm-hmm so,
1: I think the, like for me, I, I find routine and structure useful in the lack of decision making and not having to use decision points, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. um, like decision fatigue and that sort of thing. It's like, well, what do you want to do? We could go to the lake. We could do this. We could do this. It's like, I, I don't know. I want to do the same thing every day mm. consistently. I want to eat the same foods. Um, I definitely, I like
0: some combination of the two. Yeah. So, but no, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to be back into things, doing, into doing things. stuff, having a little more structure in my life.
1: So, uh, yeah, a nice vacation. That's that's good to hear. How about uh, FormKeep? What's up in in the land of FormKeep?
0: Uh, funny story. I haven't been doing almost anything with FormKeep. Really? Okay. Yeah, except I pushed a little hot fix thing last night. I love when someone sends me a support request, and I'm like, that's definitely a bug. And I look into it, and I'm like, there's the bug. And then I fix it, and email them <laughs> back and go, yeah, it's fixed now. Uh, that's like my favorite thing. Yeah. It was just a simple, simple thing. That's one of my favorite tasks is like, this will prevent Future support requests. Yep. I can see exactly where the end is. Uh, I'm gonna do this right now and hopefully like blow someone's mind a little bit. Um, because that's to me that's the kind of thing that you should get from a smaller service. Is like I can email someone and like they know what's going on and they can fix things quickly. That's sort of like appealing to me to Interesting. offer. Interesting. I mean, yeah, that, I know it's that counter to some other things, but yeah, <laughs> uh, when it's small, at least I, I think that's kind of a nice thing you can offer somebody. But sort of related to that, I, so. I've talked about how I'm looking around at all the products and sort of f- trying to figure out where I can have the most impact. Yep. And the thing I'm going to focus on for at least a little bit is moving as uh, a Hound project, actually. Okay. So Hound is our tool for doing automated code review for style checking. So we realized that a code base that follows the same style guide is a worthy thing to have, mm-hmm. but it's not worth the time to have it reviewed by humans. Yep. And, and there's, so,
1: a, there's a certain sort of social implication when someone's like, hey, can you change these single quotes to double quotes? there's a like oh come on really man right exactly but when a robot does it yep maybe not a robot because it's not moving but you get the idea
0: yep so hound was created in response to our own need which Mm -hmm. is it'd be nice if something checked this automatically and didn't have that social implication that you just touched on and so that's a product of ours it's similar to formkeep in that it has pay per pricing so right now it's per repo i think it's 12 dollars per private repo free for open source repos paid for private ones. So that's
1: similar to the uh original pricing model of FormKeep. Not um, mapping to the like current, correct? So right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's right. it has okay.
0: the same pricing as the yeah, as old FormKeep. Right. And so much like old FormKeep, I think we would do well to switch to tiers. You found new prices to change, Ben? Yeah, exactly. I've 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 decided to not change the FormKeep ones for a little bit, right? But I have to change some something's price. <laughs> <laughs> Something on the internet is priced incorrectly. I have to go. (laughs) My people need me (laughs) or something. So we're going to move Hound to to tiered pricing as well. I'm excited about the project because I think it will be a big lever for Hound like it was for FormKeep. I think it has the paper repo thing has the same drawbacks as the paper form thing, which is every it sort of penalizes customers for using you more. Yep. There's no sense of like, oh, we get it like each additional one is cheaper or something. Mm-hmm. Or like, let's move all the repos to hounds. Like every repo becomes a decision. Like, mm, yeah. do I really want to add more to this number. Not really. Maybe it's not worth it. Maybe just, let's just not do it. And I pulled all the uh, plans the other day and three quarters of the people are using one hound on one repo. Hmm. Uh, and then almost the, the rest are using it on two. And then there's like a handful that are using it more than that. We're probably using it on a bunch. Yeah, I mean, we're using it on a million. Yeah. Like hundreds, probably, of repos. Yep. But that's not shocking. That's about what I'd expect. And we'd love to push people. Like, we'd love an organization to sign up and find value on one repo and then be like, let's just make this a standard thing that we do all over the place. Right. And tiered pricing, I think, will help that. And also, it'll raise the average revenue per customer, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hounds, I think, is around $20. So, like, the, there's the average person has, like, 1.6 repos. I guess that's pulled pulled up by the outliers at the edge right.
1: so that's the average revenue per
0: month right <laughs> okay yep so i'm gonna just take a page from the form Keep playbook and i think the tiers the tiers will be something we'll have to like hash out mm-hmm. and Hound is an interesting thing because i don't i don't own that product i'm not the product manager for it right like greg greg is from our sf office uh, and so, and there's another team over there that I don't interact with a lot, so I'm kind of like this outsider being like, I think we should do this, and they said yes, but it's like, okay, the details. is like, I don't just get to decide unilaterally. Yep. So we're, I'm sure we'll, we'll have some back and forth on that, but I'd love to get a higher initial price point, shocker, uh, and offer people, you know, cheaper pricing, finite right. tiers, as, you know, less per repo as you go up.
1: Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be doing the coding on that now?
0: Uh, yeah, I actually have started it already, All right. and that was an interesting experience because I initially recoiled uh, it was like, I had this moment where I was like, I want to do anything else besides this. Mm. It, um, and I think it was the fact that it's tough to jump into a new code base. yeah, And make a
1: non-trivial change in the heart of the business. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And it was like, I go from FormKeeper where I know it pretty damn cold mm-hmm. to this thing where it's like, I don't know any of it. It's like, oh, man, there are pieces in here that are actually Angular to handle some of the payment form things. And I was like, great. Uh, and so don't just, know any JavaScript, dude. <laughs> <laughs> barely. I could barely follow it. Um, and so it was interesting to feel my intense reluctance that i had to just keep fighting for and i kept being like maybe i should go maybe i shouldn't do this maybe maybe i should make someone else do this and i was like no this is just that initial couple hours where you're like mm-hmm. well, how does anything work where is everything what yeah. what are your domain terms but after a little while i kind of started getting the getting it and now i can start to see like okay here are the points where we're going to we need to change things by the way I'll, I'll i'll plug something that we do as a pretty standard practice here which is um a bin setup script so we have a script that you can run that will configure as much as possible the app for you yep like making the databases setting environment variables that need to be set even pulling them from like uh, remotes where where possible
1: that's a new addition that i've seen added to it and i was super impressed the first time it happened i was like whoa wait a minute how did i even get this variable
0: yep um so it's just like anything that you would have to explain to someone that wants to run the app yep if you can put it in the script, do it. Like the ideal, ideal. I think the ideal situation is you run bin setup and then you can run the tests and they're all green. Yeah. And you're like, you're ready for development. Not quite possible on Hound because you need to make a like a GitHub application token and some things like that. So there's some, there's some annoyances mm-hmm. where like I had to go through the readme and that or not, yeah, just things you couldn't put in the script easily. Um, But the combination of a standard setup script and a readme was like, I got the app running without asking anyone anything, which is like the gold standard to me. So that was very cool. So kudos to Hound. And if you're not doing that on your projects, I think it's worth doing. I think we have a blog post about
1: bin setup Mm. on giant robots. I'm pretty sure at least one, if not multiple, because that is sort of a core thing. It's something that we keep each newer project that I come onto that has been set up, I'm like, oh, oh, you added this. That's a smart check there for Mm -hmm. whether or not this installer is even present. Oh, that's really cool.
0: Right, yep. Yeah, uh, they keep getting better. Yep, totally. Uh, And so I I am trying something a little different using something I learned on FormKeep, which is, and this is still a proposed plan that I I need to make sure everyone on the Hound team is cool with, but I think this is the direction we'll go. The way I did it on FormKeep was add the code to support tiered plans Uh, at the same time as paper form. And then tell everyone we're changing it. uh, Let them know their grandfather for 60 days. Wait the 60 days. Mm -hmm. New people were signing up under the tiered plans. Existing people were still on the paper form plans. Mm -hmm. So they coexisted. And then, you know, once the grandfather thing was up, then move everyone over, then pull out the paper form code. So that was the shape of it on FormKeep. On Hound, what I want to do is announce now or as soon as possible what the new plans are how people's pricing will be affected right tell them how long they have 30 to 60 days somewhere in there and write the code in a branch without supporting both pricing models hmm. the, the idea is reducing the complexity like if we tell people it's gonna, going to change let new people sign up on the new thing uh, but then code the branch as if there's no paper repo pricing
1: Interesting. I, I can definitely see the appeal of that approach. And I know you felt some pain around having to support both code paths and that sort of limited your ability to work on some things. But at the same time, thinking about the alternative that you're describing, there's a, a long-lived branch, which always scare me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be focused and it'll be singular, but you'll you know have to keep rebasing over any other changes that happen. Hopefully that won't be too bad. Uh, but I think the other thing that concerns me is then it makes this change a very sudden one. So everyone's going to move over billing-wise on the day that you merge that, and then I assume have some sort of data migration aspect that's associated. Mm-hmm. And I think what was nice about the form keep approach that you took was some people were coming into the tiered pricing Mm-hmm. Early And mm-hmm. so you had a handful of people that were almost beta testing the new pricing model and the new code. Mm-hmm. And you probably made some fixes over the course of those 60 days and tweaked a few things. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was nice to have that space to do it and less people moving through it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is the like refueling uh, and a jet while it's flying in the air sort of thing. Like you're doing a very sudden switch over if you do it the way you're describing. Mm-hmm. But there's certainly everything that you just described as a positive. So. Cool, yeah. I, those <laughs> are my thoughts.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's a panacea. There will be there's this, you're you're right that I think there's more risk doing it all at once.
1: It's I mean it, there are definitely drawbacks to both sides. It's you know you're in a good position to make the decision now as to which of those approaches is better. Uh, so yeah, yeah. the so, one thing that you I, I think I definitely agree with regardless is if you know you're heading in this direction, communicate that to people now so that that 60 day window starts. Mm-hmm. And the clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. Um, because I remember there was a long, there were 60 days where you were waiting, and there was time leading up to that where you introduced it, where you knew this was coming, but you, the 60 days hadn't started. And so once mm. you got the code in, you still had to wait those full 60 days before you could yep. take advantage. So I, I fully support the announcing this ASAP, and then whatever you want to do from there. Mm. You know.
0: I'm also going to push for a shorter window than 60 days, I think. So FormKeep, if you decided that the new pricing that wasn't for you, mm-hmm um and you're currently collecting submissions you have to go find another solution for that and so it could be disruptive for your business if you decide the new hound pricing is not for you you could just turn it off right like you lose the style checking which is what you're paying for but it's you don't have to stop working yeah you don't lose money
1: yeah i'm i I certainly can see what you're saying and uh
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna petition for lower but we'll see what people say
1: right well, when you say people, this is the hound team, hound team yeah, yeah,
0: hound folks. I'm not gonna
1: gen generally uh, petition users, and yeah. Say, I'm just email all the customers and ask them. What window? What length of time would you like to be able to make this decision? Yeah, is infinity an option? Because I would go with infinity, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, actually, I think the tiered pricing. There are reasons that it makes sense for users and for everyone. So, um, mm-hmm. I, I I would guess that this will actually be probably a welcomed change.
0: Mm-hmm. So, cool yeah so that's what that's what's up with me so i'll be reporting uh on that sort of progress we have summer summit next week which is our annual company retreat thing we do and some vacation
1: so i'm not sure what the podcast structure will look like okay uh
0: but that's this is my focus for a little while Mm -hmm. uh and then i might also after that might loop back and do the no credit card trial thing on formkeep right but uh, as of today this feels like the highest the biggest thing i can do to increase product revenue across all the products and so that's what i'll do and i'll be reporting live Except not live. I'm not reporting, live at all. Reporting delayed. Via
1: the internet radio show, Giant Robots Smashing into Other Giant Robots.
0: Mm-hmm. So what's up with you?
1: Cool. Well, what's up with me? Uh, so a bunch of stuff is happening. Um, so we've been talking over the past few episodes that we've recorded about a number of things. Some potential changes that we were discussing about the pricing model and the the whole revenue structure. Uh, We've sort of gone back and forth. There are some elements of that that we're going to keep moving forward. Uh, But mostly things will probably be remaining the same from a business model perspective. But one thing will be changing, which is that I'm going to be rotating off of Upcase, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is bittersweet, but I think the time uh, is right for a number of reasons. Uh, But most of all, I think it's just kind of time. I've been on it for a while. Uh, I think I've done some solid work. I'm very happy with what's happened, but I'm also finding myself a little bit less engaged, a little bit more distracted, a little bit more worn down and burnt out for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it makes sense on a lot of levels to uh, for me to rotate out, go try some client work again, I'm mm-hmm. uh, gonna see how that goes. Uh, So for now, the plan is for Jeff to uh, continue on. One of the goals with this as we started looking at it and seeing the fact that I'd gotten a little burnt out. You, uh, I would say this was about eight months ago when I took over. Mm -hmm. You were in a similar position where you're like, I don't know, I'm I'm kind of feeling like I want something new. Uh, So we did try and look at it and think about what some of the aspects are. And um, there's some structural changes that we'll talk about in a minute related to that. Uh, but mostly we realized that rotations are probably a good thing. Uh, this was one of the things we had a conversation with Chad, and that was a thing that he highlighted is one of the things that has kept him engaged and focused on this business for the, what is it, 11 years now? It's 12, 12. actually. Uh, the 12 years that Chad has been running this thing or guiding or being a part of ThoughtBot in some form is that he's moved around a ton of times within mm-hmm. that. Uh, there was even a period of, I'm not actually sure, six months? How long was Chad on Upcase? Something like that. Something like that. Uh, and then he got towards the end of that and realized like you know what I think it's time for me to rotate out and he did that and other people uh, moved in but he was highlighting the fact that rotations are something that we believe in very strongly here at ThoughtBot something that we often have to convince clients of um because they're like oh i don't know but this person's got institutional knowledge Mm. and things like that but there's certainly the counterpoint of yeah but they might also be burnt out they might also be in a rut they might also be stuck in certain decision making patterns that are not beneficial Mm. um so much as i like to think i've done an amazing job with upcase and i've done everything perfectly there are definitely things that a fresh set of eyes a fresh approach Mm -hmm. uh, always a welcome thing i'd say totally So, yeah, I will be rotating off. Jeff will be continuing on, and we're going to sort of encourage – more of a continuous rotation through Upcase. That's the idea. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Jeff will now be sort of senior on the project with someone else potentially coming in and then kind of keeping that going. Mm -hmm. I expect that I will return to Upcase at some point in the future that another rotation for me on this project makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I care about the project deeply. I like making the content. Uh, There's a lot of things about it that are very
0: interesting to me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for now, I think, yeah, let's uh, let's go try some other stuff. I think Upcase... Um, so we believe in rotations generally. Yeah. Uh, I think Upcase in particular is a difficult product to run because you can't just write code. No. Which is like which which is what makes most of us happy. I would say like sort of I can sustain myself on writing code and like be pretty pretty pleased with my days. Mm-hmm. Upcase is a lot of other things besides writing code. It is. So I'm not surprised that eight months was about when you're like okay break time. Yeah, and I mean it was eight months that I was running it, but it was. That's right yeah, April
1: of last year that I rotated on, so right. i've been on it for a while, and there was definitely the structure where you were leading the project, and I was the other person on the project. Mm-hmm. but I was for the majority of that time doing the weekly iteration, producing a lot of the content uh, so for the majority of it i've i've in my mind been working on all aspects of it mm-hmm. or the m- most aspects of it, and yeah there's a lot there uh, it's a complicated business the inherent nature of it the I would say slightly higher churn or tendency towards higher churn makes it a little bit frustrating to run at Mm. times Mm. so it's a great project and I've learned a ton Uh, and I've really enjoyed my time on it but yeah rotations are a good thing and uh,
0: I think a rotation makes sense yeah well thanks for your hard work on Upcase well thank you I'm sure the subscribers appreciate it and I do as well absolutely Uh,
1: so one thing that we will be keeping from some of our discussions over the past few weeks is the idea of revisiting some of the older weekly iterations. Mm. Um, So the exact form that this will take moving forward is not fully clear, but one thing that is very clear to us is the effort to produce the weekly iteration was not proportionate with how much people were interacting with that content. Mm. So when you look at the more structured courses, people were coming in, every new user was interacting with a few of those courses, and there wasn't any sense of newness to those or oldness. It was basically like, oh, I want to learn this, so I will watch this course. Mm -hmm. Whereas the weekly iteration had much more of this ongoing churning sort of thing Mm -hmm. uh, that was not representative in in the quality of the content. We recorded it in largely the same way we did all the courses. Similar amounts of preparation and effort went into each weekly iteration, as did a single video within a course. So we're recognizing we've got 130 of these things. Some of them are absolutely great, and our If we were to, say, have a new apprentice join us, there would be a number of weekly iteration episodes that would be high in my list of things that you should watch early on in going through Upcase. And so with that sort of mindset, we are moving towards trying to highlight some of that older content and less focusing on, here's something new every week, here's something novel. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, from a business perspective, we recognize that that email that we send out every week and the highlighting of a piece of content is probably one of the most effective things that we do for long-term retention. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we do want to keep that alive. So the plan is to build an automated sequence that will send out every week you get a new email that says, hey, here's something that we know you haven't watched, that we think is good, that we think is great, frankly, that's possibly better than what we would have produced novelly new this week. Mm -hmm. But we think this is a great one for you, there you go. There is no user who I see in all of the weekly iterations. I come the closest and I still haven't. Mm. So there's definitely new stuff for everyone in there. Mm -hmm. And additionally, as we produce any new content that can go into this same pipeline and be dripped out to everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, so that's that's a lot of what I've been doing now as I'm preparing to rotate off. I wanna make sure that's in place Mm -hmm. and ready to go. And so I'm writing code, it's weird. Mm. I uh, kind of forgot how to do this. Mm -hmm. Not really, it came back to me pretty quickly, but it has actually been fun. Uh, but also challenging. There are a lot of parts to this. We realize we can't use some of the existing technologies like Intercom. Unfortunately, will not work for us in this. We can't send an HTML email via the API with the right. Like there are just there are reasons that we can't do this hmm. via Intercom, which were frustrating and unfortunate. That's, yeah, you can huh. send plain text emails via their API, but you can't send an HTML email. Interesting. Uh, and we consider the kind of the engaging template and things like that worth it enough. Like if we, were just, if we switch from this nice, well formatted HTML email every week that you get uh, with a button that you can click to plain text formatting, I feel mm. like that will not have the effect of mm. continuing this business in the way that we want. Yeah. So we're building this uh, within the app itself, but then pretty quickly that highlighted a lot of things. Well, now we have to keep track of everything we've recommended to someone. Okay, we can do that, we can build that. How about unsubscribes? Ah, crap, unsubscribes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So I think we're finally, as a result of this, going to do the thing that we should have done a long time ago, which was sort of synchronize unsubscribes across all the applications. Hmm. So that's what I'm building right now. Hmm. It's kind of fun, actually. It's a fun (laughs) little uh, focused project. But doing that and then building out the rest of the drip functionality uh, and then, yeah, just trying to document everything else and get as much out of my head as possible. Yep. Trying to make this into a business and not a bespoke artisanal content factory mm-hmm.
0: so cool yeah I, I i like this so this idea is kind of the not quite the halfway point but it's it's one step along the journey of the hey what if we stopped treadmilling content or if yep. we, what if we what if we ease some of that pressure to be producing all the time yeah uh and so rather than saying okay let's switch everything over to a one-off purchasing model and then like have no official publishing schedule this is we're still going to send people new to them content all mm-hmm. the time uh, we we can tell what you have watched and what you haven't. And as long as all the content is good and none of it's too old to be relevant, mm-hmm. then it shouldn't matter if we recorded this thing two weeks ago, four weeks ago, 12 weeks ago, 100 weeks ago, as long as it's good, timely, relevant stuff. Yep. And so that's the core core idea there. It makes yeah. sense to me.
1: <clears throat> so we're going to build out a, a particular sequence that is this is the sequence. Yeah. And with that, also doing a, a little bit of fun data analysis, looking at... Uh, statistical outliers with regard to popularity. Mm-hmm. So like this one was 14 weeks ago and the thing that was 15 weeks ago and 13 weeks ago were less popular than it. Therefore, it was a standout based on how long mm-hmm. it's had to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so picking out
0: those and then also filtering for, oh, this one's about
1: Rails 4. Uh, all right, we can not include the, that.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that's that's another place where, you, where it's a win because yep. rather than signing up today and getting whatever happened to be this week's random topic Yep. it's like this is a sequence of good topics yep in an or in a, in a sequence that makes sense yep like you wouldn't there are i can't think of a, another kind of course where it's just like here's what we're learning this week randomly you just yeah. get this it's not <laughs> like what what there's no thought put into what might be appropriate for you Yep. and so with this we have you know again
1: 135 it's pretty easy for me to build a sequence that is both quality timely and moves between different topics. Mm-hmm. So like we should, we're we not gonna have four weeks of Vim in a row here. Nobody needs to worry about that. Uh, that was a lot harder to do when we were producing it on a week-by-week basis. Right. Uh, it was actually, that, that was probably one of the bigger sources of stress for me, was trying to balance who's available, what do they have expertise in, what have we done recently, and make sure that the sequence that we're producing isn't too heavy on one thing or another. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the things that made it very difficult. Uh, and so again, to your, your point earlier, this particular formulation feels like the right, uh, at least starting point, middle ground, of this simplifies the work that we have to do without sacrificing the quality of the product. And in fact, I think in, in a lot of ways, this is going to improve it. The mm-hmm. experience for a user coming in will be excellent, if not better than it was before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also retains a lot of the benefits, like subscriptions are good for a reason. We like those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. There were some things that we were talking about, about there being a constraint of, we can't cover every topic under the sun with this model, but that maybe is good. And maybe things that are more out there, Haskell or iOS or more deep design content, doesn't need to be within Opcase. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's that's largely where we're at. A lot of work to get done before that, trying to get that done before we go off to Summit. So. Uh, it will be a busy few days for me trying to ship some code, but uh,
0: we'll get it done. It'll be great. Cool. So, given that you are rotating off, what are your thoughts? Do you have any like high level takeaways? Mm-hmm. Things you'd wish you'd done sooner? Things you'd regret?
1: Yeah, uh, um, I, I definitely want to take a little bit more time and think this through. But I've uh, I did take some time and write down a few things because nice. I, you know, these weird moments in time only ex- they're very ephemeral, and mm-hmm. you know. Pretty soon I will have forgotten this context. Um, so a few things that did stand out in my mind: uh, support tooling, things like the ability to masquerade as a user, so I can log, I can essentially log in and act and view the app exactly as a user sees it. Mm-hmm. That is the most critical thing when it comes to support. I love that feature so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Actually, I made a video for the weekly iteration with that and a few other things that we used to help support the site just because I felt they were so critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, I wish we had gone a little bit further with that. I have an, a long-standing branch running with a bunch of changes to the admin to give me a better view of a user and what they've done, what they've seen, Mm -hmm. uh, when the last time they interacted was, how long they've been with us, Mm -hmm. Uh, have they had multiple subscriptions because many people subscribe, cancel, come back later, those sort of things. Mm -hmm. The more of that data that that I have, the better I can view the product that I'm running, better I can understand it. Uh, So the parts that we had, I absolutely loved and found critical. Mm -hmm. Uh, But things like analytics, I occasionally find gaps in our analytics and those are hard to backfill impossible to backfill actually in a lot Mm, of cases mm -hmm. so i do wish i i had spent possibly a little bit more time instrumenting analytics Mm. Um, similarly like possibly getting that admin change and, and things like that in there just because of how much value uh there's an interesting question of like when do you automate the general like how much time are you allowed to put into automating a task yeah Uh, there's a great xkcd on it that actually goes through the math Mm -hmm. i have a particular view on this which is i'm willing to go a bit past the break-even point because i deeply value uh flow and Mm -hmm. and positive engagement with my work mm-hmm. and so those days where i'm in the support queue and i see something and i can quickly open it up see exactly what their customer record looks like see what their usage on the site looks like and be able to very efficiently kind of move through all of the systems and and come to an answer uh maybe i didn't save enough time to actually offset how much time went into building that thing but i'm much happier at the end of that day mm-hmm. that continues to be a, a very kind of subtle line and i I need to be careful that I don't let myself automate too much mm-hmm. based on this caveat that I've given. But yeah, definitely it, it makes a big difference.
0: So takeaway one is sort of uh, don't be afraid to stop and sharpen the saw kind yeah. of thing. Yep. Uh, occasionally take a
1: step back, instrument some analytics, build in a better admin, automate a process that you find yourself doing manually all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Additionally, this was something that I, I kind of consistently noticed in our weekly conversations is I often had a number of things that I was listing and you had one or two Mm. Uh, and over time I I sort of tried to trend myself towards focusing on singular things fewer things better as they say Uh, and I I definitely found value in that there's a real draw towards Oh, I had 30 things to do and I did 30 things Mm. but were any of them real movers Mm -hmm. uh, is the question and so the the weeks where I found myself giving one to two high-level goals and achieving them, much better than weeks where I was like, oh, I did all of these things.
0: Hmm. Um, There's the siren call of checking off lots of things. Feels very satisfying. Yep. But could be a a false thing. Yeah. False sense of satisfaction.
1: Uh, So sort of coupled to that is the idea of working at a higher level, more strategic level, Mm. uh, long-term thinking versus short-term thinking, things like that. Uh, this most stands out to me in the work around producing a new course. That took months for almost all of the courses. There was initial conversations with whoever the other host was going to be. There was outlining the content. There was iterating on those outlines and trying to find the right examples and the right words and points to highlight, and then editing that down to make it concise and focused and as useful as possible, and then the actual recording, and then there was Tom's time to— there many, 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 many steps— but putting in the time on that and continuing to push that, even though on a week-to-week basis, it maybe didn't give me as many checked boxes or useful things to say. Like, what did I do? Well, I pushed along this thing that's big and heavy and is going to take a while. But every time I did a recording, I remember the the feeling of accomplishment associated with that because it was the culmination of not all of the effort, but a large portion of the effort leading into the production of a course. Mm-hmm. So definitely that idea of allowing myself to work on things that will take a bit more time but are worth it are worth that investment of effort Hmm. uh, rather than you know trying to do a bunch of little things that i can say like i did all of this gotcha and i think the last one that, that really stands out to me is the importance of having someone to talk to someone to just bounce ideas off of uh, the podcast and talking with you has definitely been that on more of a business end, mm-hmm. uh, but the on the technical or sort of the implementation side, there have been periods where uh, I've had someone else working on the project with me, and that's great. And then there were periods uh, typically in between rotations, and I'd gotten in the habit of having someone very easily accessible, and in those periods where I was between colleagues on the project because my habit was to talk to the person that was easily easily accessible, I didn't go out of my way to find someone else and pull someone else in. Mm-hmm. And I noticed consistently, there were three different times that this happened. At the end of those periods, I'm like, man, why? I haven't decided on this thing. Why has this been lingering this long? Mm-hmm. Why am I not pushing this through? Uh, and so for me, it's just recognizing the value I put in having people to bounce ideas off of and then making sure I, I reach out for that probably earlier than that point where I'm feeling deep anxiety about something or Mm -hmm.
0: yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense I've actually noticed that myself a little bit as well like it's nice to have the freedom where I don't like for form keep decisions for example I don't have to run it by anyone yeah but I think I actually do work better and come to better decisions when I run things by people
1: yeah and I think there's a an important distinction between like asking for permission or anything like that like getting someone else to approve a decision that's not it, it was more just saying like hey is this crazy mm-hmm. is this is this an out there idea or do you have any thoughts any high level ways that i could approach this mm-hmm. and often what i find is that those aren't necessarily like there's often times where people just give me very good ideas and it's a better idea than i would have had and it's like okay that's good i will do that mm-hmm. but often the value in it is just in convincing me to move forward on the thing that i've been thinking of doing anyway sure. yep. just giving me that little bit of extra confidence to move with purpose and clarity and and execute so
0: yeah cool talk with people it's good people are good well, that's a good list i'm glad to be we, we captured that while it was fresh yeah there are only certain times you can actually get that kind of thing there are yeah are you feeling a sense of i've noticed that in myself when i have a when i'm coming to the end of something either because I'm about to take a long break or rotate off it or whatever. Like there's a sense of calmness that comes because like you're forced to come to a decision about everything, which is like, I'm going to do this before I stop. I'm not going to do this before I stop. Man, I wish I could bottle it. (laughs) It's so good. Like,
1: but really there has to be a way to forward port this particular frame of mind because it's so valuable. And so like, there's nothing actually stopping me from having this level of clarity and this ability to make hard decisions Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is, it's my brain and it's a broken piece of hardware mm-hmm. from years of evolution and whatever the heck built it. But man, I wish I could, uh, yeah, spread that. So yes, I am feeling that, uh, that sensation of, well, there won't be me working on this in a couple of weeks. So I have to decide I have to hand this off or I have to wind this down or I have to do something mm-hmm. here. I can't just exist in this space. And mm-hmm. there are some things in lists that are like... You know, things go a week, and then they go two weeks, and then suddenly there's some stuff that's like six months old mm-hmm. that is still on list. I'm like, really, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote this down six months ago and still haven't deleted it mm-hmm. or done anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing that I'm uh, that I feel like I really dropped the ball on, but there are a lot of there are too many things that stayed on there much longer than they should have and took some amount of my mental energy every time I looked at the lists. That's the thing that I most lament about now, looking back with the clarity that I have of the you know the senioritis sort of clarity hmm. each one not worth much effort or not not much cost from a mental standpoint to them but the cumulative total is big and hmm. slowed me down and was just kind of a weight
0: dragging behind
1: mm-hmm.
0: it sounds darker than i mean it to be but it's hard it's yeah. hard to look at those to look at things that you know are good ideas and would have a good impact but are not the most important thing yep it's really hard it's hard to kill those projects and it's or it's hard to just look at them and say not right now. At least yeah. for me, that's, that's I find it very challenging.
1: It's incredibly the. There's an anecdote that I don't know. It's an anecdote from the internet, so who can say if it's true or whether the source is real? But supposedly, um, Warren Buffett was talking, and saying like, "Hey, so what are your top five most important things you want to get done?" And so make that list. All right, what are the next twenty? Okay, the next twenty are the things you can't do. You are literally not allowed to do them. Mm-hmm. And I like. I, I haven't. I've not ever implemented it, but I really like the focus that that can bring Mm -hmm. um so yeah something like that i don't know i i do try whenever these sort of moments come up like rotating off a client project there's sort of this clean slate thing that happens and Mm -hmm. uh it's magical wish i could bottle it if i could i'd sell it online you would tell me to raise the prices it would be great yeah uh so is that it it for us for this week uh i think so i don't want to talk about our mrrs sure why is the product
0: better for your customers than last week
1: um you know, I'm not sure. I know we've done a bunch of things, but nothing stands out that is audience facing.
0: Okay. How about customer acquisition? Uh,
1: we have revitalized, updated, made much better the ads that we have on giant robots. That's one of our main sources of traffic. And uh, I don't know, audience, let us know what you think. But uh, Tyson, our designer, uh, did some great work on them. I'm very happy with what they look like now. So
0: Cool. What's holding you back?
1: the amount of things that i want to get done before i decide that i am not doing this anymore but
0: mm. yeah also pushing you forward though indeed
1: <laughs> what are you excited about excited about uh i think i'm excited to write some more code it's been a long time this little brief window of writing code here at the end of my time on upcase has uh, reminded me that that's a thing i really like to do mm-hmm. so i'm excited to write some code cool Uh, What is your MRR? My MRR is a 34,620, which is an increase of $460 from what was two weeks ago, which is 1.3% increase over those two weeks. Sick. Ben, how's your product better for subscribers?
0: Um, I did fix a bug that affected (laughs) them. All right. But other than that, my focus has been on other products. Okay. So kind of not that much better. All right. Uh, Anything to get more subscribers? Um... No, I guess not. It's
1: so a time of great change in the world with Bob, Bob products.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what's blocking you? Nothing's blocking me. I'd say the closest thing is that I'm working with a remote team, mm. which is Hound. And it's, and it's not as easy as not.
1: It is complicated, yeah. And
0: like Greg, the product manager, is on vacation. So I'll, I will see him next week on at Summer Summit, and we can talk about some stuff and whatnot. Right. But I don't have full authority autonomy and whatnot Mm -hmm. so i'm not quite blocked but i'm definitely moving slower where it's like i made a card please look at it to make sure everything's okay before i go doing stuff yep fair enough and what are you excited about Uh, i love new things i love raising prices and this is both so i'm excited to get to do the kind of thing i like to do this is the brightest of shinies exactly totally true uh what is your mrr we're up 4.4 percent to 9830. Which is pretty cool. Uh, we're we're flirting with a five figure MRR. Heyo, which is exciting. And you're going to rotate off the project, so that's all profit. Exactly. Well, I guess you'll still
1: have some amount of support and things like that to
0: keep. It yeah, going, but yep. I need to do some some sharpening of the support saw. Probably less around tooling and more around like frequently asked questions mm-hmm. or like fixing bugs that to generate support requests. Because they just it just crushes my spirit. Support just to me is just it's one of the least fun parts of the job to me. Yeah, I mean it it only happens when stuff's not great right yeah no it's i, I think it's a good pain that. like it's it's yeah. indicating things that i should be fixing yep and so i think it, it will naturally resolve itself because as it gets more painful i'll be more willing to fix them and then they will go away so no big deal but that's where i'm at cool cool well ben
1: this will uh probably be the last podcast i'm on for a while so uh it has been a pleasure
0: it has been a pleasure thanks for having me thanks for joining me on the robot smashing and such The robots needed to be smashed. I haven't had an in-person co-host ever. Actually, have I ever had a co-host? I guess not really, no. You're my first co-host. Wow. How many, we did a bunch of episodes. You've been around for a while. Uh, Yeah, I can look it up. It's on the Twitters.
1: I have it as my pinned tweet, which now I have to change a whole bunch of stuff on the internet about who I am and what I do. January 10th.
0: January 10th.
1: So, uh, eight months.
0: 176. 176. 176 was your first one. Two, four, nine, one, seven, six. 28 episodes
1: 28 episodes Wow
0: That is the new record Heyo So the bar has been set It is set Fellow co-hosts And, and if anyone comes I'm just going to have to uh, Fight to retain my title You can try Um, <laughs> Yeah So I think next week We'll actually be Chad and I will be chatting Alright And after that Probably a co-host Yet to be named Heyo There are irons in the fire We're working on it Today's show was produced And edited by Tom So long Obarsky if you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm 205. Thanks for listening.